Hey, it's Rochelle, and you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a production of Catholic Answers. Welcome to the place to transform the world by transforming yourself. Hey guys, so if you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen the video that I put out in my stories on Thursday, kind of giving you a sneak peek at this week's episode. Um, It's a little bit of a treat. I was a guest on the Catholic Answers Today show, which is an hour-long interview slash discussion show. And so I took some of the material that we covered in that show, and I have made it available to you as a podcast episode. So I'm discussing some really awesome things about theosis, the kingdom of God, being a child of God and um, an heir of God and like what you inherit as an heir of God. Um, It was a lot of fun and I hope that you guys enjoy it. And um, the Catholic Answers Today show is on Radio Maria. So if you are interested in the Catholic Answers Today show, after this podcast, I suggest you go and maybe check it out at uh, radiomaria.com. All right, everyone, until next week, have a blessed week and peace out. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm normally in assistant producer Marie's spot when I'm on the Catholic Answers Today show, so this is... Right, you're usually the co-host, yeah. and today you're the guest. She's moving up Is it in freaking the world. you out at all? A little bit, yeah, but I'm trying not to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> just just put my head down and, and just do it. So, um, uh, but then you started this podcast, mm-hmm. and I have to say, like, we answer a lot of questions about the Catholic faith here. That's what we do all the time, answering questions about the Catholic faith. And so it's kind of, in many ways, an intellectual apostolate. It's mm-hmm. like, this is why we belie- believe in uh, scripture and tradition. This is why we mm-hmm. follow the magisterium. Like We explain these things to people. This is what we mean by the sacrament of baptism. So it has a very intellectual kind of flavor, what we do. Right. And so you have all that intellectual prep, but clumsy theosis is a little different for us. I feel like it has a little, um, I don't want to say, I'd, it's going to sound bad if I say it this way, but heart. Like... I, I, I'll go with it. Yeah. And I'm with you. I kind of really don't know how to classify it specifically. Like I haven't heard a podcast that, you know, there is apologetics in it. You know, I am explaining the faith. I am defending the faith. Um, I go into like the history of things, the, um, the etymology or language behind things. Right. But then it's very practical. Like, why is this important to you as a Catholic? Why should you care about it? And then how do you make it part of your life? You know, so it, yeah. and I've never seen a podcast that does like all of those things. Right, right. It's I think it's the how you make it part of your life that m- maybe we're not always doing here. Like we we're a lot of times answering just a raw question, mm-hmm. like yeah. what is an annulment? Yeah, it helps to give people that next step of okay, now you have this new knowledge about the rosary or about our traditions on relics or about our whatever it may be, and then okay, what can you do today with what I've just given you? Mm-hmm. Which is great. It leads you into that next step. Uh, all right. So also, the even the, the title of this uh, podcast, Clumsy Theosis, is it's, it, it's like a amalgam of two words that 
are just so different that it, it seems almost in its title to suggest that you're doing something different than what we usually do here. Yeah, so, it, it reminds me of like jumbo shrimp, you know? It's a little yeah. bit of an oxymoron there. But, it, but, but it's not like it, it is actually, it's, a, okay, uh, what it is is a, a two-word description of the Christian life. It is, yes. Yeah, like, that's, that, what that's it is. perfect. Yeah, it's like the This is what you're doing as a Christian. Exactly. Uh, unless you're maybe like St. Therese of Lusso or something, and then it's not that clumsy, you know? I don't know. It, oh, you think she would prefer- say something else. Okay, fair yeah. enough. All right. So we know what clumsy means. Uh, fill us in again. What are we talking about theosis? How is this related to um, our Christian life? Yeah, theosis is this idea of becoming godlike. And it's not a new idea, and it's not, um, it's not you know, it's Vatican not Mormon II? or anything like that. You know, yeah. some people like oh, they yeah. hear Mormons, and you know, you know, their religion is about becoming kind of like their own god, and that's not it at all. And we don't take the place of God, but we become God-like, um, and it's a very old teaching of the church, a very old belief. Um, I mean, you find it in Scripture, even. Would Saint- you find it in the Catechism of the Catholic Church? You would, but I think the catechism might use a different word. They might use divinization because that's, you know, from the Latin Um, and theosis is Greek. So that's going to go. I'm going to look it up, but I think both words are used in the cat, but it's the exact same thing. It's the same thing. You could say clumsy divinization too, if you want. You can. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't flow quite as well. (laughs) I think it sounds cooler to say clumsy theosis. Um, But yeah, St. Paul talks about theosis, um, but he doesn't use the word. He'll use um, phrases like. Um, participating in the divine nature. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's found in scripture maybe three times. Right. Could be more. Second but it, Peter too. Exactly. Second yeah, letter, Saint second, Peter. yeah, second Peter. Um, and so that's what theosis is. It's participating in the divine nature of God. Uh, that I, I actually think that would shock a lot of Catholics, a lot of Christian people, that that's what you're supposed to be doing, is participating in the divine nature. Yeah, and it, like, isn't it just about me getting saved? And But that's it. That's how you get saved. Okay. Like, so when you are baptized, you are brought into the life of the Trinity, right? You're given the Holy Spirit and you are adopted into the family of God. You are now a child of God. And as such, you are, what is, uh, St. Paul. Yeah, it's St. Paul who says that... Um, if you're a child, then you're an heir, right? Yes. And right. then, but then, what are you an heir to? Right. You're an heir to what the Son of God is an heir to, which is the kingdom of heaven. Oh yeah, right. Right, and that's going to start here and now on earth, right before we die. And I used to think that all of that started after my death. You know, uh-huh. like I was just going to toe the line here and just kind of, you know, do the things <laughs> I was supposed to do. Right. Just follow the rules and then they'll take care of it after you're dead. Exactly. Okay. No, but it's supposed to start now. Mm-hmm. And and not just because it's supposed to, but because it actually lets you live a full life. You know, because Christ says, I came that you may have life and have just enough so you can get to purgatory. Right? No, yeah. that's not what he says at all. He says, I came that you might have life and have it to the full. Uh, yeah, right. And so you're sharing in Christ's sonship. And as an heir, you are sharing in the fact that you are going to inherit what Christ inherits, which is the kingdom of heaven here on earth. All right. I Here's here's an objection uh, that I might have had in my younger 
uh, days, and maybe in my weak moments now, that uh, seems kind of like too much. Like that's very intense, and I still want to watch Netflix, and <laughs> I am not ready to be divinized. Yeah, I watch Netflix all the time. It doesn't mean that, you know, you become like a a hermit or um, a cloistered nun and you just sit in your room and you pray all the time. Which are are beautiful vocations. They are. But that's not. They're not the vocation for everyone, though. Exactly. Um, Especially for me and Cy and maybe even Marie. You know, we were called to a life of marriage. And so we have to live in the world um, and live out this call of theosis, which we could also, you know, refer to as a call to holiness uh-huh. um, in a very vibrant way. Because really, when you're living out a life of holiness, you are tapping into all the gifts that you've been given at your baptism so that you can just be on fire with the truth and full of the love of God. And I mean, think about the time in your life when you felt most confident And you just kind of felt like you were walking on air, right? Like that's how it is when you are tapping into that reality Uh, that you are a son of God. Like that confidence, you have that in everything that you do, in every conversation, in everyone that you meet. Um, And it's not an arrogance. It's just a confidence. Right, right. A a confidence born of uh, being a child of God, being like, Mm like, like, like a human child. You can see a child who's neglected or or the parent doesn't pay attention to them or the, the kind of anxiety that creates in a child. And then you could look at a human child who uh, has the the attention of the parent and know has that knowledge. This My, my mom takes care of me. Yeah. My mom's going to be there. My dad yeah. takes care of me, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw this from Corinthians, 2 Corinthians the other day that uh, it says... Uh, We do not want you to be uninformed, and this is actually shortening the verses, but about the troubles we experienced, we were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. And I think, you know, it's okay that we can't um, lift ourselves up to, uh, you know, we cannot make ourselves like God, but with God's strength and God's help, he can make us like him. Yes, and that's exactly it. Yeah, it's with grace. Um, and it's grace upon grace that we're given throughout our life to just um, float from from um, one moment of, you know, I'm using the word confidence here. I'm really not yeah. coming up with anything else. But like from one moment to the next, you're just, you're just um, relying on that grace. Um, that you were given at your baptism, but then also like those constant graces that are pouring down on us from heaven all the time for that and relying on God to pull you up because it's not you who live, but Christ who lives in you, as St. Paul says, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's also something I think um, I kind of like living. Like we have resist it because we don't know what it is, I guess. Mm-hmm. We, like Christ, like I like living. What does it mean if I don't live but Christ lives in me? But it, God is not like an annihilating God. He's mm-hmm. not like, you know, I'm, I do away with your personality or your, you know, or, or your you-ness in order. It, it, that's not what that means. No, not at all. And I mean, and why would he create us all so uniquely? 
because all of our uniqueness is there. Because, okay, and I'm going to quote, I'm going to go to um, St. Francis. He recently wrote an encyclical on holiness, and I think he says it perfectly here. Um, He says, each saint is a mission planned by the Father to reflect and embody at a specific moment in history a certain aspect of the gospel. Ah, So that's exactly it. So we were all given all of these talents and treasures and unique personalities because all of us are supposed to grow in his grace and learn from him how we are supposed to be ourselves fully alive with him living in us so that we can go out in the world Mm -hmm. and in the world we are supposed to live out a very specific a very unique part of the gospel and if we're not doing that then no one's living out that part that we're supposed to live out ah yeah yeah so then that's that's beautiful to me too because that's when you participate in the divine nature, as we're called to do through this theosis, it's not a um, it's not a, a kind of oh here this is a special gift for you keep that you know it's just a you and me mm-hmm. thing. It's something that makes you a better participant in family mm-hmm. and work and life and society. Yeah, that's exactly it's a communal it. thing. It's not a just a me thing, right? And Jesus, when he came, he came and gave us the two great commandments: to love your the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself, right? So, like we've been the com- given the commandment to love God, and we love God by accepting His love and His grace and becoming who He created us to be through theosis, and we love our neighbor as ourself by living out that love that the Lord gives us. And living out that moment of the gospel in our unique, unrepeatable way. Um, and, and in particular, at the moment we're talking, well, we've, we've discussed what uh, theosis uh, is, this idea that we are made to sh- be sharers in the divine nature. We are made uh, to participate in the divine life. And that's good news. Yes. <laughs> that's really good news. Yeah. It's not bad news. It's not about... Uh, crushing your desires and following rules. No. It's about something else. Exactly. And, you know, you made me think um, when you said that the gospel is good news. It is extremely good news. But I think a lot of us, when we think about the gospel, we think about Jesus and the crucifixion. Because, one, that is a very um, graphic and detailed um, scene. And it's Mm -hmm. something that, that we as a church emphasize because it's important, right? Because that, you know, that was... Um, it's the pinnacle of our salvation. It, it is. Yeah. Um, and so some people think that to be a Catholic and to follow the gospel is to be crucified all the time. And mm. in a way, that's not wrong, but it's not necessarily um, a bad experience because... I mean, we're told Jesus tells us the way of Christianity is to pick up your cross and follow, and follow him. Yeah. But then he also tells us that his burden is light, you know, and when right. he talks about, you know, his his yoke is light and a yoke is, um, if you don't know, it's um, the wooden beam that goes across two oxen that are going to pull a plow. Right. And so it takes two two oxen to pull this plow. And so when Jesus is talking about his yoke being light, that means that we've put too much of the cross on our shoulders, too much of the yoke is on our shoulders, and we need to kind of like readjust the scales and give him more of that weight because he wants to carry it for us. Yeah. And so when carrying the cross with Christ, you're supposed to rely heavily on him because he's already done it perfectly. Mm. 
at his crucifixion. Right. And so when we rely on him to help us carry our cross, it makes the burden not so much a burden, but a joyful participation in his love for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that might not make sense just to hear me say it, but the next time you're faced with a situation where you feel like, this is kind of sucky. I don't like this. This is, you know, I'm suffering. And whether if it's just or unjust, it doesn't matter. Just surrender that over to the Lord and say, Jesus, you you need to help me carry this yeah. or carry this for me. And mm-hmm. He's He said that He will do it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes you, it gives you a little insight into why so many of the saints are people who they seem uh, joyful in their suffering because somehow they've, broken through to that place where they see that this uh, suffering is a participation in him, like he's there with them. Mm-hmm. And so, and in, an, in, a, in suffering in a way that's more intense than other times. Mm-hmm. And so they have come to love the intensity of his love for them mm-hmm. uh, and to love him and they know, okay, the suffering is just mm-hmm. part of life. Yeah. It's just part of life, but he, that's where I meet him most fully. Yeah. And it's also because all things work for good for those who love God. And some people might think, yeah, I'm going to suffer. And then I'm I'm not going to get to like experience the rewards for all of this labor of suffering until I die. And that's not true. It's now like in these moments, like at the time of my conversion, I suffered greatly. And it was because I was trying to hold on to all these earthly things. Mm -hmm. And it was like, once I just said, okay, I can't do this anymore. And I just let go. And I just said, Jesus, I need you. I don't know you, but I need you. Uh And it really felt like this burden was lifted from me. There were still lots of like growing pains and just like me, like um, giving over things that I was holding on to that I shouldn't have been. Right. Um, But in that afterwards, I just felt so free and I can look at it now and be like, yeah, that suffering was totally for my good, and it helped me to yeah. rely on God's love. And then that brings me to another thought. So back to sin. The root of sin yeah. is avarice, and avarice has two parts. It's agreed to get something that we don't have um, and agreed to keep and agreed that to keep what we already have, right? So yeah. by me holding on to like these things in my earthly life that they're not mine anyways, everything that I have that is good is from God. And it's like, I'm holding on to them and that's me sinning, right? It's just like, I just have to loosen my grip, open right. my hands and let whatever gifts the Lord wants to give me just rest in my palm. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You right, know, right. And so like, once you realize the things that you're striving to get, those things that you're really like, maybe even covetous about, like, I want that, like, really Mm -hmm. bad. Mm -hmm. You have to, like, check your heart, you know, and be like, how much of that is, like, a good that's going to glorify God? And how much am I distorting it by my greed for it? Yeah, Mm -hmm. right. You know, like, I need to, like, put myself out there and work hard for it. um, But then I got to let God do the rest. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't strive and I can't grasp. And then when it comes to the things, the gifts that we have, it's like, this isn't, something that I necessarily have control over. It's a gift that I've been blessed with and I need to learn how to bless my neighbor with it. Mm -hmm. And when it's time, if it's time, you know, for me to return it to God, I have to let him take it because I can't receive more gifts from him if my hands are full, you know? So he, he gives and he takes away gifts, but it's the, the next gift is always a bigger gift. 
Always. That, that amen yeah. to that. Yeah. Uh, and the older you get, and especially the longer you stay married, the more you realize that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, marriage is a great school for this. Uh, and I'm sure you're... Well, I'm I a mean, newlywed, so tell me. Well, I mean, the idea that you you spend an entire life with a person learning to um, love their good even over your own good that's not natural that's not mm-hmm. like that's not a natural instinct that's a supernatural thing yeah. and 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 Jesus doesn't get mad at you cuz you're bad at it for a decade or two at a time <laughs> you know that that happens in marriage Thank but you. but but start up again and 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 then you it's almost like um you know, rough wood with sandpaper going over it just consistently. Like, mm-hmm. the, oh, I'm starting to learn to die to myself a yeah. bit. And maybe that's harder for men than women. I don't know because we're selfish brutes in a lot of ways. I don't, I don't I'm not sure. So. But, <laughs> but I think it's hard for both. But you start, you're starting to get sanded down to uh, the, not the, I got to win this argument or she's so, meh, 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 or, but um, starting to, uh, see well first of all the relationship is a gift to both of you mm-hmm. and you just need to accept that gift but also if i'm focused on her good and her happiness and uh, and her progress in the spiritual life and all that stuff then w- that's a good for the relationship and a better relationship is better for me you mm-hmm. see how it all becomes this cycle of it's a virtuous cycle if you just give up fighting against it and do it. Yeah, and I love that example because not only is it a good just for you when you guys are getting along, but then you guys are in better places spiritually and emotionally and out in the world. You treat people better. You do better at work. You're better parents. You know, you're you're able to focus in on your prayer time so you can then get more love from the Lord. Not yeah. not to say that he's not giving it, but you have to receive. You have to be yeah. you have to be reshaped in yeah. order to be able to receive it. Mm-hmm. I, I when you talk about this process of divinization, I, I have to say, and and sin and overcoming sin and missing the mark in sin. That's what marriage is too, missing mm-hmm. the mark over and over and over again until you're like, <laughs> oh, we're getting closer. I think. Um, but um, the the I feel. Uh, a, a sadness about it in this respect that there's so many Christians in America today who are me and Jesus, Bible alone mm-hmm. Christians, and mm-hmm. God bless them. I mean, they're yeah. But the the sacraments of the church that Jesus gave actually do what they claim they do. Mm-hmm. They make that process so much more full. And at certain times, bearable and mm-hmm. easy. It, yeah. it, it's like that. Okay, you want to be yoked to Jesus? Go to confession regularly and confess yeah. your sins. Receive the Eucharist. Sit with him in the Eucharist. And then you start to feel, oh, man, he is carrying yeah. his side of the load. I'm carrying so much oh, less. Yeah. You know, yeah, somebody recently who I love very much told me, you know, you don't need to pray to Mary. You can just... You don't need to pray for her intercession. You can just pray to Jesus, you know, and and he'll hear you. And she was right. Jesus does hear us when we pray to him. But um, I'm sure you've both experienced how at times you just need a mother mm-hmm. to like I've I've literally prayed to the Blessed Mother just to like I need a spiritual hug right now. Mm-hmm. I just need you. I, I need your motherly presence. And I think that is just a small example 
of the amazing community that lifts you up. Um, that right. we have access, we have access to it. Let's use it. You mm-hmm. know, we have yeah. all of these people supporting us, not just on earth, but yeah. The why would the mother of Jesus, heaven. who said, "Do whatever He tells you," not love you if you're trying to do whatever He tells you? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you're so right. Like you know, Sai with the sacraments and Marie with Mary. It's like all that we have is here to help us in the process of theosis, either by their intercession. Um, you know, with the saints or um, by their example. Mm. And then the sacraments, they just, they feed us. And it is, it's a cyclical thing. You know, you receive the sacraments, you're full of the grace that they say that they will give you. And you give that out into the world. But then that love that you're giving out into the world makes you want to go back to the sacrament. Absolutely. You know, and it's just like, I need more of that. I need more Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, I I have the actual concrete experience of my life of having a few things that I could not forgive. As much as Mm -hmm. I wanted to, as much as I I could not forgive, and I started doing daily um, visits to Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, Mm -hmm. and really it didn't take very long, and I started to go, oh, I can forgive these things. And I know for a fact it's not, it doesn't come from me. It comes from him being physically yeah. present to us yes. that you he just moves stuff he does uh, he does the work he gave you, you that just, strength mm-hmm. yeah. like like it's like the woman this week in the gospel who touches the hem of his garment uh-huh. it works it mm-hmm. doesn't you, you almost don't even have to say anything she didn't say anything no. she just believed that he that his presence yeah. is healing and and it actually is healing. It's not your belief in that that yeah. makes it happen. He actually makes it happen. He's yeah. right there and he'll make it happen. You're right. And I call like uh, going to spend time with Jesus when he's, you know, in the Blessed Sacrament, be it reserved in the tabernacle or on display in the monstrance. I refer to that as divine radiation, yeah. divine radiation therapy. Right. Because just like you, I have had multiple experiences where, especially, you know, around the time of my conversion, where, I mean, because I came from a a life of someone who lived in the world and I had, you know, lots of baggage and lots of scars, scar tissue on my skin, I mean, on my soul from like sins and stuff. And like, I would just sit with the Lord in the Eucharist. And it was the weirdest thing, like the most random memories would pop up in my head Um, from my life. mm -hmm. And then I'd be like, what is this? And then I would start to think about them, you know, and like I would see like, oh, yeah, this situation really kind of like affected me in a negative way or, you know, you know, it, it just it had it needed to be healed. Yeah. No matter what, you know, be it from, you know, like my parents' divorce or um, from bad relationships or mm. me just having the wrong priorities. And I would just think about them in a way that I wouldn't have naturally thought about them on my own. Isn't that something? Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. So it's like yeah. God is like reforming your thoughts, you know, and like almost like rewriting the history yeah. of your soul. Like, yeah. okay, let's undo that. That's yeah. not supposed to have happened. Yeah. You're not supposed to, you know, be carrying that with you. Let's undo that. I will undo that for you. Imagine yeah. how, like with the apostles being with him day after day and and the, the transformation that his presence made in them so that they could be apostles, so mm-hmm. that they could be the mm-hmm. foundations mm-hmm. and the judges of the, yeah. of the church, um, that 
he didn't go away and so like he's still there in in the tabernacle of every catholic yeah. church in mm-hmm. the world he's, with us he's too. still yeah. whether it's uh whether it's uh orthodox uh christians who are mm-hmm. separated from the pope but still celebrating the sacraments in their sacraments he's there in the sacraments of all the eastern churches every latin rite he's still there mm-hmm. and it didn't change if you sit with him like an apostle mm-hmm. he does the work that, yeah. and that's what you mean by divine radiation yeah. he's radiating out into you yeah exactly as though um yeah you had gone for like some sort of a medical treatment but this is like Mm -hmm. a supernatural medical treatment (laughs) all you do is just sit there and just just let him do the work and it transforms your past and your present and your future just being with him i love your description of adoration because i think a lot of the time people think they have to go into adoration and have holy thoughts the whole time. Yeah. And it's like, no, you come as you are uh-huh. and God is going to show you who you are as his son or daughter. Yes. And he'll heal you in that time. He'll lift you up in that time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he already knows everything about us. It's not like we need to like hide our hurt from him. No. We right. need to give it to him. Yeah. And and that's very true in in prayer. You know, in prayer, you know, we should start all prayer with like thanksgiving and praise of God and who he is. Um and end that way too. But by us even engaging in prayer in the first place, we are acknowledging that he is sovereign, that he has the power, yeah. and he wants to use his power to liberate us, to bless us. And so when you go into adoration, you're already making that claim, you know, that God mm-hmm. is the almighty king, and he has all the power, and I am his child, and he promised me you know, that I would also be an heir to his kingdom and to be an heir to, you know, in his kingdom, I need to be as much like him as possible. And the only way for me to do that is for him to come inside, clean house and just transform me in a way that just makes me who I am to like the 100th degree, you know, in the positive way. Right. Um, And then unleash unleash me on the world you know do you find too that in that process you become less tolerant of some things that you used to be tolerant of mm-hmm. like your own rough language or the way you would speak to certain people or, or music. maybe maybe certain music <laughs> yeah. right things that that are that have a negativity you know like or even uh certain types of tv shows and stuff you're like nah I, and it's not like oh i have done all this work on my soul and now i i i it's, I don't know what he did, but I don't feel like watching that anymore. I don't feel like talking to people that way anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's very true. Um, but I don't want it to, to seem as though like your, your, your tastes and your personality are different. Cause I think that's what people are afraid of. Oh, okay. Like I want to be able to hang out with my friends and just, you know, um, kind of like I found pleasure in these things, you know, and I want to be able to find pleasure in them also, uh, you know, even after or on the, the course of becoming holy and undergoing theosis. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you you do find pleasure in a lot of things and it doesn't take away your sense of humor and it, you know, it doesn't um, change you in that regard, but you do have a sensitivity to things that are destructive to other people. Yeah. And that includes yourself. Like you, 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 you kind of see the way that God sees in that. It's just like, that is not upholding anyone's dignity or Mm -hmm. helping anyone become an awesome creation. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. I, I think that's very well put. Yeah. And I do. I, I am sensitive to that because I feel like I battled it my whole life, this sense of, well, if I turn it over to Jesus, I'm not going to be me left? anymore. What's yeah. he going to take away? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I remember Pope John Paul very specifically one time at a World Youth Day said, give everything to Jesus. He, he takes nothing away. He exactly. takes nothing. And I, and I was like, well, that's exactly my fear right there. He just mm-hmm. named my fear. <laughs> and... I also don't believe him, kind of. Like I, I like, like another sounds suspicious. <laughs> yeah, like it takes twenty more years, you know, uh-huh. of, yeah. of fighting against it to go. Oh, I see what the Pope is saying. Like, you turn it over to him. Yeah, he's not a destroyer. Uh-huh. He's a, he no. brings life to it all. Yeah, he perfects you. Yeah. Our guest today is. Rochelle Lucero, and she is the podcaster behind the podcast Clumsy Theosis, which is, um, well, changing lots of lives and hearts, I have to say. We get emails yeah. from people who say you, it, it's helped so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, a lot of that, I have to say, is because mm, it's the Christian message. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I'm not I really, inventing a lot of new stuff. <laughs> I'm not inventing anything. I'm just showing people how applicable it is. Like how how to make it part of their life and I maybe the way I present it just kind of makes it seem a little bit more attractive because I'm, you know, I'm a, a young woman rather than, you know, an old man at, you know. Man, that hit right <laughs> where I live. No, no, I'm, I'm just right, Okay. Wow. What I'm trying to old. what I'm trying old. to get at is like I'm not a priest on a podium. I'm, you know, and I think people, like, they make that distinction, like, in order to be holy, you know, you need to be, like, a religious person, unmarried, but I'm just, like, a typical young woman, I'm newly married, and I just love this gift that I've discovered that we've all been given, and I think everyone should know it, and everyone should live by it, because it's the best feeling, it's the best reality, it's the only reality, actually, to not participate in theosis you are basically defying reality you know like that's if you won't go along with god's program from a beautiful gift yeah Yeah. right yeah well among the things that you've talked about over the course of uh the uh the, the history of the podcast you talked about the fatherhood of god once and i think you kind of you almost could have called called the whole podcast the fatherhood of god because that's what it is it's him it's us becoming uh, closer and closer to the Father. Mm-hmm. I feel like Christians sometimes forget about the Father, but even more than that, the world is kind of a fatherless world. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in some ways, more and more practically, that more and more kids are being raised without the presence of a father mm-hmm. in the home, but also the sense that we live under the gaze of a loving father is being lost. It's going out of the world. Yeah. It's I, maybe because it's all patriarchal and whatever, but uh, whatever the complaints are, We've lost our father. Yeah, and it's it's really crazy because a, you find a lot of Christians live with a relationship with um, God the Father as though they were Muslims and they were looking at God as a master as, and themselves as a servant. Because that's, you know, Islam, it's God is a master, not a father. Yeah. You know, and a lot of Christians seem to have adopted that. Maybe it's subconscious, like they might use the language father. Yeah. But they just think that that's what a father is. And you're right. Maybe it's because our world is becoming more and more fatherless. People don't have the best sentiment towards father. Yeah. TV doesn't give us a very good idea about fathers either. No. Mm-mm. So um, so tell us something about re- restoring God to his place as our father. 
in our lives. I guess you could say the Our Father. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> Definitely. Jesus tells us, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Yeah. And that's that's it. And we look at the gospel, and what did Jesus come to do? He came to free us from slavery to sin. He came to show us how to live a life that is fully alive. Mm-hmm. And all of his miracles are miracles of healing. And so if Jesus came to show us the Father, then that's who the Father is. The Father is a healer. The Father is a lover. Yeah. And that's all that he wants for us. He wants to heal us and he wants us to inherit what he has waiting for us, which is the kingdom of heaven, the glory of heaven. That's what he wants. He just, he's a gift giver. You know, you look at the, the uh, parable of the prodigal son and, you know, you have the son that goes out and just squanders his inheritance, lives among, you know, lives among the swine and just, he just kind of throws away every gift that the father had given him. He rejects it. And then he realizes, okay, all right, the servants in my father's house live better than I'm living now. Yeah, I'm going back. At least maybe I can be a servant, right? That's his like frame of thought. Right. His father is waiting for him. He sees him in the distance. He picks up his robe so that he can run fast to go out and greet his son. And mm-hmm. he embraces him because his son needs to be with him so that he can give him the gifts that he wants to give him. And what does he do? He prepares this huge feast. And it's like, thank, you know, thank me, you know, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, right. Because <laughs> You know, I'm so grateful that you're home. And now that you're home, we can get things back on, you know, back on track. And then you look at, at the other son who never left and he's a little like peeved. At the yeah. father, like, what the heck? Right. I've been here. I've been doing everything I'm supposed to do. And you're going to, you know, throw a, a feast for this guy who treated you this way. Mm-hmm. And the father's like, okay, have you not been paying attention? Everything that I have is yours. Everything in heaven right. is yours. All of this glory, everything. But you've lived a cramped kind yeah. of relationship you, with you've me. made me a master and yourself a slave in your, mm-hmm. in your, in in your, your heart. Yeah, yeah, right. Fair enough. Yeah. And that's wow. not... That's to show us, like, this is the way people typically look at the father, you know, the mm-hmm. way that the good son does. Yeah. But that's not him at all. So the good son, he's like, you never gave me a fatted calf. Mm-hmm. and it, he. But the father is probably thinking, you, all you had to do was ask. Mm-hmm. And you didn't ask mm-hmm. because you weren't treating me like a father. Exactly. You were treating me like the yeah. boss around here. And you should have had the confidence, I guess. We're back to that confidence yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The confidence to know you're my son. If you said... Dad, I want a fatted calf for me and my friends to have a party. He just said, yeah, sure, sure let's do go it. ahead. Yeah, it right. shows Book you that, that intimacy takes action on our part. Oh, we can't. A... We, we do have to receive God's love, but which is sometimes a little bit more passive, but it takes takes action for us to build on that relationship and yeah. to really access what God has for us. Yeah, and I think that action starts with trust, which is a little difficult. But again, if you look at the cross, Jesus has made himself completely and totally vulnerable for us, nailed on the cross, arms stretched wide. And like I said, he told us, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so the Father has also made himself vulnerable to us. Uh, And so why not take that step to trust him? Mm. Right. So you think about that now when you think about the Father in that parable, you actually have to imagine a father who's um, 
his tenderness to his sons is unrequited in both of them, not just yes. in one of them. Yeah, in the one who respects him as a father, but as a as a master type, mm-hmm. and the one who disrespects him. In both cases, he's he does not have the intimacy, as to use your word, Marie, mm-hmm. that he that he desires in his sons. It really reminds me of um, in the Screw Tape Letters. C.S. Lewis <laughs> talks about um, an atheist who. Um, his his mind starts going uh, down this train of thought, basically considering the existence of God. And it's so funny because it's from the perspective of, um, you know, demons, basically. And the demon says, um, at a moment, the enemy, God, was at his elbow. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the moment right. his mind even considered Right. The love of a God that might exist. There he is. The mm-hmm. God was there mm-hmm. right. saying, like, I love you. I'm running ready. Out, like the father picking mm-hmm. his robe yeah. up and running out. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, I'm ready for you. And he says, and my 20 years of work was almost undone. And it's like, you know, the it, no matter what your past is, the moment that you begin to open yourself up to the Lord, he is right there with open arms. Right. Ready to mm-hmm. take you. Right. He, he wants... He wants you to love him and for him to be able to love you more than anything else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, uh, Rochelle, thank you, Marie, um, assistant producer Marie. Um, You're welcome. Uh, and Rochelle uh, Lucero, the uh, podcaster, the host. Uh, I don't know what the way. Okay, well, you'll explain the terminology. But sometime <laughs> it's going to go sink in, but uh, be t- behind the podcast, uh, clumsy theosis. Um, you're satisfied with the uh, that the it just keeps growing. You're build, grabbing more and more. Yeah, I'm extremely pleased that it's growing. Um, I mean, obviously, it's not for myself, but for the fact that like what I have to say, I'm excited for people to hear and know mm-hmm. and yeah. to become saints. Like I, that's what I want for everyone. Um, and it's funny because like when I started the podcast, I kind of in my mind imagined like a niche of people, like a type of people that would like the podcast. You know, I was thinking like, okay, probably younger people in their twenties, maybe early thirties. Yeah. Um, people but, like yourself. Yeah. But that's <laughs> so not it. Like it's everyone. Like I have like young teenagers who listen, um, men and women that are in their like fifties. Um, oh, old people again. We're back to old people. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> old men like me? <laughs> no, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. And people who are um, cradle Catholics, people who have just kind of like, they kind of just live like this lukewarm uh-huh. type of Catholicism and they're, they're looking for something and they they came across the podcast. Mm-hmm. And even, and I had no idea that people who are not Catholic were listening to my podcast but i've been receiving messages from an atheist uh-huh. as well as recently uh, a young gentleman who is a presbyterian who's considering becoming catholic and they're listening to clumsy theosis and i'm just like oh jesus you need to take the wheel because i don't know what to do with <laughs> yeah, this that's starting to feel like a lot of responsibility <laughs> at that point huh uh, you can get it uh wherever you get uh podcasts uh clumsy theosis is the name or just search in the google uh thing in the google. And, and search in the google but how long do we have to wait for the Clumsy Theosis, the book? Oh, I like it. I don't know. Um, Maybe I should like pray about that and maybe give myself like a a time frame, you know, and be like, all right, Jesus, let's do this by this time. I like that idea a lot. Rochelle Lucero has been our guest. She is the podcaster behind Clumsy Theosis. As I said, you can find it wherever uh, you get your podcasts and give it a try. Yeah, I think you will, will not be sorry you did. 
Uh, as I said, it's got all the intellectual power of, uh, of a person who has mastered theology, but uh, a bit of heart there as well that you will uh, find that you appreciate. Sister Producer Marie, thanks again for a very fine hour. Thank you. Appreciate thanks for it. having me. Thanks, guys. I've had lots of fun. Thank you for tuning in this week to Clumsy Theosis. Each week, we explore a topic within the Catholic faith to aid listeners like yourself, as well as yours truly, in the advancement and deepening of the spiritual life and the personal ownership of our relationship with the big guy upstairs and his church. As cliche as it sounds, the world needs you. Become who you were created to be with Clumsy Theosis, the place to transform the world by transforming yourself.